Good morning and welcome to church. Uh, we want to thank God for seeing us through a week-long uh, schedule of uh, fasting and corporate prayer. Uh, personally, I had a great time praying with the church. Uh, I'm very encouraged um, by the intensity of prayer. Not, not so much about the patronage, but more about the intensity of the prayer that is going on. It's something that is very felt. Uh, Pastor Jessica and I have been talking about it uh, throughout the week. I mean, after 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 every prayer session, you know, we seem to be on the same wavelength and, and in agreements that uh, God is really doing something. I, be, I believe that he's staring. The few of us that make time to attend this um, prayer sessions, God is really staring in our hearts a certain passion uh, to pray. I mean, um, starting from the beginning of the year, I would say this has been our best uh, um, um, prayer festival or prayer marathon that we've had. And and one thing I find I mean, is amazing is that every month seems to keep getting better. So maybe next month uh, it, it might be better than uh, th this previous one we just experienced. So we really thank God for that. Amen. We, we encourage that every believer must have a personal prayer life. That is very important. Uh, yet, we also believe in corporate prayer. That is when an assembly of believers gather together in one place with one accord praying. Uh, it's biblical and, and it's also powerful. You know, no matter how powerful you are, no matter how anointed you are, you can be so anointed that you glow in the dark. You can only cast just some few things. It says one which is a thousand, two, ten thousand. So there is something that happens when believers meet together to pray. And, and you know, during that atmosphere of prayer, it's an impartation. You, you rub on me, I rub on you. You know, even when I'm tired, you know, just by joining with you, I have the oomph and the impetus to pray. So it's a very healthy thing to do. Amen. So we thank God for that. Normally, when we normally finish um, prayer sessions like this, I, I, I'm always in expectancy mode. My, 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 my receiving levels are very high. I'm looking forward to receive. I'm looking forward uh, uh, to something great. Uh, I, I want to believe you are also, because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we should believe, we should come to him, believe that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. All right. So uh, please, I want you to uh, be in an expectancy mode of what God has in store for us. Amen. And, and sometimes after prayer meetings like this, God will show forth through an idea, a counsel, a thought a suggestion, maybe a divine appearance, uh, some directive or mandate that you have to obey. Amen. So uh, when you pray, be prepared to obey. Be prepared to obey. And that's what makes the prayer more effective. You know, don't, don't just wallow in the glory of I've prayed, but the aftermath of it. Be prepared to obey, to take your prayer life to the next step where you experience tangible results. Amen. 
So keep your spirit man open. Be perceptive to all these signals, which at times can be divine. So don't, don't take it for granted. Amen. Now let's switch gears to the preaching of God's word. But before we do, let's start off with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. What a blessing it is um, for us to gather as an assembly of saints. Uh, what a blessing done me to, to preach the gospel to your precious people you have redeemed by the blood. I, I pray today that may your word minister to us. May, may your word sit on the tables of our hearts. May it sit. May, may it minister to us. Uh, may we run with this word. May it change something in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Please go with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 8. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 8. Um, this morning, I'm ministering on what I entitled, how, how to Pray. How to Pray. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 8. I'm going to be reading this in the message. The message. Um, so um, please um, pay attention as I read. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for 15 minutes of fame. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here is what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense His grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They are full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques, forgetting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows better than you and what you need. Amen. So this scripture that I just read is Jesus's commentary on the art of prayer. In his comments, you will see what not to do and what to do when it comes to the topic of prayer. Um, also, it's important to note that when Jesus is talking about prayer, he's really referring to the believer's personal prayer life, which is private. So Jesus is not talking about a corporate gathering. He is talking about the personal belief and the personal prayer life of a believer, which is private. And you know, prayer plays such a very uh, important role. Uh, it's it's of, of paramount significance to the Christian. You can't do without. It's just like in this world, there are five things that are known as basic necessities of life. Food, water, air, shelter, clothing. 
without these five things, you can't survive on this on this earth. In the realm of the spirit, the basic necessities of our existence, of our faith in Christ, has to include prayer. Amen. So prayer is very much a, a, a necessity, just as food, water, air, clothing, and shelter are necessities to man to live on this earth. Amen. So now to the text. Did you realize that our reading started with the phrase, when you come before God? That's prayer. It means that prayer is not optional. It's mandatory. Prayer is not if. Prayer is when. It's mandatory. It's compulsory. It's a command. It's not a suggestion. So one of the commands of the Bible is we have to pray. So Jesus expects us to pray. It's not an if issue. It's a when issue. So you have to schedule time in your, in your, in, on your calendar. You have to draw your program in such a way that you accommodate prayer in your daily schedule. It's a when issue. We have to pray. So if you are prayerless, you are walking in disobedience. So prayerlessness is sin. How do we define sin? If you read 1 John chapter 3, the Bible lets us know that sin is transgressing against the commandments of God. That's sin. That's 1 John 3. So when we are talking about sin, we mentioned the obvious murder, envy, gossip, backbiting, all those are sins. But prayerlessness is sin. I want you to know that. Prayerlessness is in the same category as murder, all those sins that we know of. It, it's sin because we are transgressing against the commandments of God. Prayerlessness is disobedience because we, we are disobeying Christ's divine mandates to believers that we ought to pray. Amen. So it, it's, a, it's a command. So now let me shift. I want us to know some things on prayer from the scripture I just read. Prayer is not a theater show. It's not a theater show. Sometimes we can treat prayer like a theater show. It's, it's not. Prayer is not time to dramatize. It's not time to gesticulate. and It's not about you. It's not about how, how much vocabulary you have. Whether you, you, you pray in English or French or in your local diet, it's not about your verbosity or your verbiage. It's not a theater show. You are not Charlie Chaplin. You are not a comedian. Prayer is not a, it's not, it's not, it's not a theater show. So that's the first thing I want you to know. Number two, your prayer time is not a show off. It's not. Your prayer time is not a show off. Neither should you even talk about it to people. Don't talk about it to people. Don't be bragging to people. I pray, I pray an hour a day. I pray 30 minutes a day. I pray three hours a day. I pray five hours a day. I pray seven hours a day. Don't even talk about it. You could pray even 10 hours. Don't talk about it. It's not a show off. 
you, you don't have to show up to people that you have you wear the marks of maturity. Let the marks of maturity show by your conduct. The prayer is not, it's not time to show off. It's, it's your personal time is not your, it's personal. It should be between you and God. Don't let anybody know your your your, your prayer routine or, or how many hours you pray or whatever. A prayer is, 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 a, is an intimate time with God. Husbands and wives have moments of intimacy. And I, I don't think a wise spouse will use moments of intimacy as a talking point between his, his or her friends. You are not wise. So we shouldn't boast about our prayer. That's not, the, that's not the time for that. Prayer is not to show how well you know how to pray. So sometimes we become very proud. And we want to show how well we can. That, that's not the essence of prayer. Now I was saying, I really know how to pray. No. Number four, prayer is not about using a formula. And I like what the message says. You know, the, the world is full of, verse 7, so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They are full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Prayer is not about any of that. It's not about using a formula. Prayer is not about using a formula. It's different. And then, prayer is not forcing God to do something. Many years ago, one of the words I really used to hear, we are going to bombard God with prayers. <laughs> it, was a, it was a common, common thing. You can't bombard God with prayers. I mean, who are you? Little creature. You can't bombard God with prayers. Let me tell you, if God does something for you, it is not because of your bombardment of prayers. If God ever does something, it's because of his mercy. It's not your bombardment of prayers. You can't bombard God with prayers. I'm going to flood the gates of heaven with prayers. You can't, you can't flood the gates of heaven with your prayers. You can't. Prayer is not forcing God to do something. Let's get that right. Amen. So, one thing that you have to know in the scripture, if you read the New King James Version, you don't see that here in um, the message. But if you should read the New King James or the King James Version, verse 5 starts that, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray in the synagogues. So, Jesus had something in common with the Pharisees. And the Sadducees, who were the religious leaders of the days. They both loved to pray. Both loved to pray. Both loved to pray. Christ loved to pray. The religious scribes or the religious leaders, they also loved to pray. But there was a problem, motive. Why did the religious leaders love to pray? They loved to pray for a show. Jesus loved to pray to keep in constant communion with his father. So they love to pray. So hypocrites love to pray. 
But you should love to pray, not because you want to create a show. You should love to pray because you want to have a vibrant relationship and communion with God. But these hypocrites or these religious leaders, they are actually impressed in themselves and impressed with themselves. And, and, and prayer is not about that. So let me tell you, prayer is not about being impressed with yourself. You've missed the point. Prayer is not about being impressed with your stamina, your endurance, and how long you can pray. That's not, that not the purpose of prayer. That is not the essence of prayer. The essence of prayer is to foster a close, vibrant, active, living relationship with God, enhancing communion with God. That is the essence of prayer. It's not to feel good. It's not to beat the clock game. That's not the essence of prayer. You know, these Pharisees, they saw themselves as authorities in prayer. Well, can I disappoint you this morning? There is nobody on the surface of them who is an authority in prayer. You are not an authority in prayer. Because when you see yourself as an authority, you become proud. And by the way, prayer is not a gift. Thank God for that. Because if it was a gift, then some people would definitely be called authorities in prayer. So there are some people who would like to call themselves, I am an apostle of prayer. No, no, no. You, you are not an authority. Pray, prayer is for every believer. You are an authority. Why do you call yourself an authority? Is it because of vocabulary? Is it because of tongues? Or is it because of tangible results in your prayer? And even if you have tangible results in your prayer, it is not because of you. So today, I want us to shift the focus of us and shift it to God. That's why our prayers are powerful. Our prayers are not powerful because of us. Our prayers are powerful because we serve a powerful living God who wants to answer our prayers. You have to get it right. Now, these hypocrites, they were very impressed. They saw themselves as authorities of prayer. They were impressed with their vocabulary and a whole lot of nonsense like we just read. If you are impressed with your vocabulary, it's nonsense. And that's not the essence of prayer. So, in order not to role play before God, you have to do some things. One, Find a secluded place. That is a place between you and God. Find a secluded place. Somebody will say, Pastor, I, I, live, I live in only one bedroom. Or, or I just live in a room. A room which serves as my bedroom, my hall and everything. Yeah, on your bed or wherever, you can make that your secluded place. Find a secluded place. Um, some years ago, Pastor Jessica and I were listening to a message by a great man of God we really respect. And, you know, he was very poor, you know, and uh, God told him to go to Bible school. And, and he, he got married, like, very early in, in, in life. Like, I think about 19, he was married, you know. So he was a teenager when he was married. He went with his wife to a Bible school. And he always said something. They had nowhere to pray. He had no place because he had just one room. He used to go under his table to pray. 
Yeah, when he said the pastor's can I we laughed several times. You know, but because you know, trying to picture like under the table. But he said that was his hallowed place. And and he always said, under the table, God spoke to him to go to a Bible school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Under the table, God spoke to him about his ministry. Under the table, God spoke to him about his assignments. You know, so he always talks about under the table. It, it was a place he met with God. You know, it was just one room. Just one room. It serves as his bedroom, his living room, and I'm sure his dining, his dining hall as well. But the, the best place for him to pray, to, to hear from God, that became his secluded place, was under the table. He goes under the table and then he's praying. So God honors what you set for him as a hallowed place to pray. So whether it's on your bed, whether it's in one of your rooms, wherever, find a secluded place to pray. That's between you and God. Secondly, the posture of our prayer should be in reverence. It should be in reverence. We are coming before a holy God. Don't come before God, you are praying, then you are very absent-minded. You know, some people when they are praying, they are having you on TikTok. It's not reverence. If you should go for a job interview, you are looking for a job, believing that this is my dream job. It pays six figures. Good benefits. I get a pension. All that. Are you going to go there talking to the manager on TikTok? Whilst you are surfing your social media handles or whatever. You, everything will be put to the side. So why can't we treat God with that utmost respect? Where, where your posture of prayer has to be in reverence. It has to be in reverence. Fear the fear of God in awe, in reverence, knowing that I am coming to the creator, God the creator the, of heaven and earth. The one I'm privileged that I, he's, he sees me as his own and I see him as my father. That's the one you've come to. When you see God in that way, see God in his proper way. You, you approach prayer with reverence. The, the one thing that you also have to do, the posture should also be in humility. You should approach God in humility. In humility of hearts. When we read the message, the message translation in verse 6, it says that be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. And how do you sense his grace? You sense his grace when you are humble. The Bible says in, in James chapter 4, it says that God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. And if we don't want to come to a place where we want God to resist us during our prayer time, we have to come to him in humility. Don't come to God because you know how to speak. Don't come to God because you know how to speak in tongues. And he gave you the tongues, by the way. Come to him in humility. Your posture should be one of humility. 
And when you come to God in humility of heart, you sense his grace. Oh, I like the message translation. I like this one. You sense his grace. Prayer is a place you sense his grace. But you can only sense his grace when you come in the posture of humility. You sense his grace when you pray aright. And prayer is submitting your petition before an all-knowing God, trusting in his sovereignty about it. When you pray to God about your need, it wasn't the first time God knew. He already knows. He's all-knowing. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. The God that you are praying to is all-powerful, omnipotent. The God you are praying to is omniscient, all-knowing. The God you are praying to is omnipresent everywhere. He knows. It's not his first time knowing. So you petitioning to God means that you are petitioning to him because he already knows and you trust in his sovereignty. That's what prayer is. That's why prayer is a posture of humility. Prayer is not a place where we dictate to God. Prayer is coming to seek the mind and the counsel of God concerning our petition. Amen. Now, Jesus said a lot more on how to pray. And I want us to turn to John chapter 16, verse 23 to 24. And then verse 26. John chapter 16, verse 23 to 24. And then I'll jump straight to verse 26. And look at it. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. He's talking to his disciples. Now, if you do remember, in our series on the book of John, I have touched on this. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you receive that your joy may be full. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. So in, in these three verses I read, the common phrase there is in that day. What's that day? That day is when Jesus will, his, his bodily shell will be absent on this earth. And that day is today. So Jesus was not just teaching his disciples on how to pray in the coming days. He was also teaching us who read the Bible. In that day, Jesus is not here in bodily form. So when we are praying, we pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus. That's prayer. That's Jesus' thoughts. And Jesus taught this prayer to his disciples before he experienced his crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection. God answers prayers because we pray to him in the name of Jesus. That's what, that's it. So prayer has to do with the addressee and the medium. So we pray to God, our Father, in the name of Jesus. And Jesus says that, most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask 
the Father in my name. He will give you. Some believers are not receiving because they are not asking. They are complaining. They are whining. They are crying. They are talking to friends, talking to sympathizers, but they are not asking the Father in Christ's name because the Bible says that what you are crying about, if you ask God, my Father, in my name, I will give you. And listen to me, it is God's good pleasure that our joy will be full because we receive our prayer requests. So that's why. So it's not about you. It's about God's grace. It's not about your prayer show from Israel. I have nothing against prayer show. I mean, if I get it nice, I'll, I'll hang it somewhere. That's a prayer show. You know, it's not about you have your prayer show. That's why God is answering you. You know, sometimes we like to put our, our trust in, in things that almost become like idols. Not because of your prayer show. It's the name of Jesus. That's why your prayers are answered. It's not about going to the mountains. Because Jesus said in John chapter 4, a time is coming, you don't have to go to the mountains, but God is a spirit and they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. It's not about going to the mountains. That's why your prayers are being Because sometimes Christians, we can even make some of these things gods and idols, thinking that, oh, it is because, and you even become superstitious, thinking that, oh, it's because I will go to this place. That's why my prayers are being No, no, you can pray even in your bedroom, in your pajamas, God will answer. It's not about you. It's about the grace of God. It's about praying in the name of Jesus. That is why God will answer your prayers. It's not about your vocabulary or how eloquent you wax in words towards God. That's pride. Thinking that because you, you, you have command over your language, maybe English or French or Spanish or maybe your local that thinking it's because I know how to rattle. I know how to say some things. No, it's not because of that. It's not because you wax eloquent. It is God. Jesus has said it here. That if you pray to my father in my name, in my name, he will give you what you desire. Ask and you receive that your joy may be full. Now, look, quit putting your trust in yourself. Today, I want you to deflect the mirror of yourself and towards God. That's why your prayers are working. Because if you deflect the mirror on yourself for too long, very soon you will become a very frustrated prayer warrior because God really resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. It's not about your tongues. Do you think it's about your tongues? Whether monosyllabic or polysyllabic. You know, when I, when I talk about mon monosyllable, that means maybe your tongue is just one syllable. Ma, 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 That's all you can say. Maybe it's not because of maybe your tongue is monosyllabic or polysyllabic. That means you have a lot of syllables. You can say a lot of syllables. Not because of that. It's not because of how powerful your tongues are. That's why your prayers are working. It's the name of Jesus. Listen, it's not even because you are holding a prayer book. 
my personal experience, some of these prayer books, many of them are trash. I do remember when we got married like fresh, you know, God willing, October, we are 10 years in marriage. So it was like the first year we, we got married. I remember my wife used to wake up early and she's praying. And I, I'll see her holding some books, you know, she's praying. I was like, I'm not blind, but I'm like, wow, she really prays. So then one day, I, out of curiosity, I'm like, what books do you use to pray? I was looking at, I, I trashed all the books. I trashed all the books. I thought oh, these are not scriptural. Oh, not scriptural. I'm looking at them. I, I went through, through the lens of scripture. One by one. Oh, this is not scripture. I just threw all the books away. Now, rely on the Holy Spirit to pray. It, it's not because you are reading certain books. That is why God is answering your prayer. It is because we have faith in God's love as our Father and in the name of Jesus. And that our prayers are backed by the Holy Spirit. That's why God answers our prayer. Listen, you are not an authority in prayer. Lose your pride. Don't see yourself as an authority in prayer. Lose that sense of importance when it comes to prayer. In prayer, only two authorities matter in your prayer life. And you are not one of them. You are not an authority in prayer. Sometimes we like to introduce some people and say he's an authority. You are not an authority in prayer. Only two authorities matter in prayer. And you are not one of those authorities. God the Father, who is our utmost authority and the name of Jesus. These are the two authorities upon which we will experience answer prayers. It's not about you at all. It's not about you. So quit being in charge and feeling yourself. It's not about you. It's not about your spirituality. It's about God's grace. Now, I'm rounding up. But before I round up, let's look at our last scripture. Turn with me to Luke chapter 11, verse 1. I want to hammer home some truths. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Excuse me. Now, it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. When he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. You can pray better based on being taught. So one thing I want you to also know is that there is an art to prayer. You, you can be taught. But like I said earlier on, it is not because you have engaged the rules that's why your prayer is effective. Are you understanding me? That you, you, you learn how to pray properly so that you are able to approach God well. And mind you, your prayer is working not because of you. Your prayer is working because we serve a powerful God who delights in answering prayers. Howbeit, we must remember that there is an art to prayer. We have to learn how to pray better. And that, that's, the, that's the import of this matter. Because sometimes you can be in church too long and you may have taken some unhealthy habits, bad teachings mixed with certain traditions 
and and it affects our prayer life. It clogs the efficacy of our prayers, and and then we come to a place a place whereby we just play prayer, but we don't experience the tangible results that prayer is supposed to afford us. Amen. Prayer is an impartation. So we shouldn't also just reduce it to classroom work. I'll compare prayer to swimming. Have you ever seen someone have swimming notebook? I've never seen anybody have swimming notebook. No, nobody. Because when they are teaching you to swim, they, they don't just teach you how to swim. They teach you to swim. That is, the, 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 you have to fall into the water and then start to do all the styles, the breaststroke and whatever stroke. You know, that's the only way you learn to. You don't learn how to swim by writing copious amounts of notes on swimming. Nobody has a swimming notebook. But they will teach you how to swim by falling into the water. And then you start to do what the instructor tells you to do. And then voila, you start to swim. Likewise, prayer is that way. Prayer is not about writing copious amounts of notes and principles. If you want to learn how to pray, you just have to start praying. Amen. So prayer, I can liken it to swim. So some teachers to notes because the disciples say, teach us to pray. And if you, if you read the further verses of Luke or the subsequent verses of Luke, Jesus taught them to pray. So there are some teachers. So I, I just want to infer from this scripture that there are some teachers to note when it comes to understanding prayer and engaging in the exercise of prayer. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.26. The Bible says that we have an infirmity. And what is the infirmity? It's a weakness. What is the weakness? We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions. He helps us. The Holy Spirit can teach you to pray. That is why it's very important to have fellowship. It's very important to have relationship with the Holy Spirit. He will teach you to pray. The second thing, corporate prayer assemblies. Corporate prayer assemblies. This, this is where impartation like I talk comes in. So prayer is not just taught. It's also caught. That's where impartation comes in. So if you want to learn how to pray, find out a prayerful brother and then go on prayer meetings with that brother or sister. Or if your church organizes a prayer meeting, be there. If they, if they have prayer marathons, like week-long prayer marathons or, or anything like that, just be there and then just pray. And, and then with that, praying with prayerful people, you will also become prayerful. So that's where the impartation comes in. So fellowship with the Holy Spirit, going to corporate prayer gatherings, where a group of believers are there, it, it helps and it aids in your prayer life. The third thing, read good books on prayer. 
So there are some very, very, very good books that you can read on prayer. Amen. There's a man called E.M. Bounce. Go ahead and check him out. He's written a very, very good books on prayer, scripturally based on prayer. I remember 2018, I was in Ghana for, you know, our, our annual pastors and leaders conference. And I do remember um, our, um, the, our presiding bishop, his spiritual father, was one who took us through all the sessions. And, and normally, uh, after his sessions, he always gives us books. He always gives us books of different authors. And one of the books he gives me, I was very thankful to the Lord for that. It was a book on prayer by a certain author called Larry Kifofa. Oh man, I prayed through the book for one year. It was such a good book. Like that book, I, I held it all the time. And when I finished reading the Bible, I just take the book. I think the, the, the title of the book was 77 Irrefutable Truths on Prayer. You know, he had points. It, it was powerful. Like, I mean, I, I just enjoyed the book. So there are some very, very good books on prayer. There are bad books on prayer. A lot of bad books on prayer. But there are some very good books on prayer. So please read good books on prayer. And then the last thing. Hardships and difficulties will teach you to pray. Sometimes when you are in trouble, you will start to pray. So sometimes when you are telling the Lord, teach us to pray, sometimes be careful because one of the ways you will learn how to pray is through hardships and difficulties. Amen. Um, please, on this note, I will advise you to read this past week's devotionals on prayer by our presiding bishop. If you are reading them, you will be familiar with three out of the four enlisted points I just gave here. Amen. So our prayer today is, may our prayers, like offerings and sacrifices, be acceptable unto you, our God. It is with the right posture and attitude that we sense his grace. Don't forget the message translation. If we come as honest as we are, humble, and know it is not about us, but it's about God. We will sense his grace. I believe prayer has become too much play acting. No substantial results, no tangible results. We are not seeing the supernatural, even though we say we are praying. Because we are not sensing grace. Because we've made it about ourselves. Charismatics in particular. I'm a, I'm a charismatic. Our church is a charismatic church. We need to have a heart of repentance and contrition in the area of prayer. Seriously. Because we are very proud when it comes to prayer. And I can't say it because I'm a charismatic. It, it is the fact. It's the hardcore truth. We have to come back to the heart of worship where it's all about him. We are sorry, Lord. For the thing we have made it, when it's all about you. The thing in question today is prayer. Sometimes prayer can even be an idol. It can be an, it can idol. Be an idol. And I pray. I pray that may God alone be the supreme, omnipotent God. Not our prayer. May we not fall so much in love with our prayer than falling in love with the one we are coming to pray to. 
because in the end, it's all about him. And like, and like I said, it explains why there is too much noise today and activity. And those are substantial results. Today, today, there are no miracles, no supernatural. Because we are too proud, we are playing. We are not learning how to pray properly. We have to learn how to pray. A, a, a posture of repentance, a posture of humility, it goes a long way. We need the hand of God back in our prayers. We need tangible results. We are ending this prayer in worship saying, what about you? Lift up your hands and close your eyes. When the music fades, all is stripped away. Thank you, Lord. Longing just to bring something that's of worth. Thank you, Lord. I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things Thank you, Lord. Working into my heart I'm Prayer is a place of worship. We are coming back to you, O oh Lord. We are coming to the heart of worship. We are coming back, Lord. We are sorry for the thing we are sorry. It's not about us. It's not about us. It's not because we speak in tongues. Not because we are powerful. Not because we are authorities. We recognize God, our Father, who is an authority. And we recognize the authority of the name of Jesus. It's all about you, Lord. Lord, change our change our posture in prayer. May we pray aright that we may sense your grace. May we pray aright so that we may experience tangible. Oh Lord, deliver, deliver us from performance. Because it's not a theater shoot. Deliver us, oh Lord. Let us, let us be from comedy and all the nonsense. Deliver us from all the flaws that we've added to the world. It's supposed to be simple, Lord. It's supposed to be simple. Oh yes. We come and back, Lord. That's our prayer today, Lord. We are coming back. It's about you. About you, Lord. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Lord, I want to lose confidence in how I pray. I want to lose confidence in my eloquence. 
I want to lose confidence even in my tongues and, and just place all my trust in you because it's all about you. That is why prayer works. It works because it's all about you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We present our hearts to you today, O oh Lord. We want to learn it right. We want to do it right according to your word. According to how your son has taught us in this earth. We want it to be right. Thank you, Lord. Listen to our heart cry this morning, O oh Lord. And we thank you, O oh Lord, for visiting us. Thank you that the rain will fall. Thank you that we will sense your grace. Thank you that we will experience that fire in our prayer because it's all about you. In Jesus' name, amen.